What's going on, y'all? I'm Bud Elliott of the Knollcast here with your whoa, 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 Winston reaction as Florida State beats Boston College 26 to 23 on the road in Chestnut Hill. Let's go ahead and get into this thing. FSU now five and two in their last seven games, continuing to play hard, continuing to play uh, you know, mostly good football and you know, showing that they are an improved team, maybe not a good team yet. Uh, you know, there were times when you thought maybe they maybe they could blow BC out, uh, but you know, give those guys credit. They certainly made some good adjustments and managed to make a pretty solid comeback in that fourth quarter. However, and we used to say this back when we were doing this show with Jimbo, first quarter points count the same. They do. And I think particularly with, with this team, uh, I would much rather have all my points in the first half because of the inability, you know, for this team to be a great drop back passing team when you don't really have the threat of the run. Um, you know, if you get up early with this squad, they have to respect Jordan Travis's legs and the run game really the entire time. If you get down early, then it's much harder to come back with this squad. So there may be some gripes about the, the defensive performance in the second half of the game. Uh, and I'll get to the refs in a second. You better believe it. And if you guys watch the show you know, religiously, you know, I don't talk refs all that much. Um, the defense really helped you win this game in the first half. We griped about this defense quite a bit for about the first six or seven weeks of the year, you know, being terrible in the first half of games and just letting this offense get in a big time hole. Not today. The defense came out and really dominated. And that's where I want to go first with this before we get to all, all the, all the ref stuff. Boston college had 95 yards in the first half of this game. By the way, my, my voice is back. That's kind of cool, right? Not feeling, uh, not feeling like trash anymore, which is good. A win certainly, <laughs> certainly helps. All right, 95 yards in the first half for Boston College, 2.7 yards per play, three sacks by FSU, a whole bunch of tackles for loss, good a good tackling football team, and really confused Boston College. I thought, um, you know, Jordan or excuse me, Jermaine Johnson and Kier Thomas did a really nice job, especially in the first half, being physical, rushing with great intensity. FSU maintained their inside rush lanes and the integrity of them, I thought, pretty well. Uh, and they really gave Boston College some problems. But FSU also covered on the back end pretty well. And some of those some of those sacks were just BC getting smoked. Other ones, honestly, were FSU's defense confusing Phil Dracovic uh, and making him eat the ball or pat the ball a little bit, you know, the and hold it for a little bit longer than he wanted to hold it. And ultimately, boom. Jermaine's there. Kier's there. Some of those guys are there. Uh, just a really, really solid job. Uh, you shut down the run game early in this one, and I, I thought it caused Boston College to go away from the run game for quite a while in this ballgame. They came back to it a little bit in the fourth quarter, but I thought that was that was pretty impressive. You also came out and did a really nice job moving the football in this game. 6.1 yards per, per play. Uh, for this offense, I'll take it. And yet, you couldn't be left but feeling a little bit like, man, I like the play calling. I I, I like how they're you know, airing the ball a little bit more, especially when Boston College watches these guys and says, hey, um, you know, this is more of a running team. 
They were able to get them off, off schedule a little bit uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And yet you you felt like, at least I did, like they should have finished a little bit better in that first half, right? And it's a good reminder that this is not a good team yet. It's an improving team. I think it, you may you may be able to call this thing an above-average team. You know, on the season performance, probably not. But, you know, maybe. And I think right now they're playing like a downright decent team. Jakovic's a good player. You know, Garwo's okay. I think Flowers is really pretty good. And, you know, he's probably angry that, that Jakovic was gone for so much this year. Otherwise, he'd have better numbers to go pro. But you really set the tone for this game out physically in Boston College. I thought you played with great effort in the first half, particularly with, with the blocking on the edges, um, working the ball to the perimeter some. BC was like they were still sleeping at times, getting off blocks. And you know, some of that's on them for you know poor effort or, or poor technique or, or whatever, just not getting it done. You also blocked them. You blocked them hard and with great effort. And I thought that was that was a real key to this ball game. So go ahead and dive into some of the stats here. But first, I I don't I don't usually put uh I don't usually put refs this high up on my list. Man, I, I I get the targeting call for for Jamie Robinson. It sucks. I've written about this. I've podcasted about this. I've made YouTube videos about this. The targeting rule sucks. By the letter of the law, that's probably targeting. I don't think you should be able to use the, the late slide as late as, as, as Dracovic did. I mean, in fact, in some ways, it looks like he slides once he sees you know, Jamie Robinson going for the tackle. Um, you know, I don't think you should be able to use that late slide and then still avail yourself of the penalty and the protection of that slide. Like that slide should be, hey, I see some guys coming. I'm making the decision to slide before they get to me. And that just sucks. Like, I, I don't really expect the refs to call that any differently. And I don't think you could. Really, I mean, by the letter of the law, um, but there were a lot of other calls in this game. I mean, the the fair you know fair catch interference. It, it's it is what it is, but like I'm fairly certain the guy got pushed into him, and I'm not even sure the guy with the best angle called that. I mean, there were so many other penalties in this game that at times were they just felt like extremely ticky tack and if not just outright incorrect. Um, you know, like, was Cooper's hands to the face penalty actually hands in the face, or did, it, did he just have his hand up under under the guy's collar? That's a hard call in the moment. Um, but it's harder for me to think that all of those calls somehow kept going against Florida State, uh, or that Boston College just didn't get a single holding call, I don't think, in the second half of this game. Now, I'll be very clear here. I do not think that you can play that physical and that intense as FSU did for the entire game, especially not when you have a big lead. It's just not really something, you know, that is doable. Um, it's a natural human instinct, and you could say Obama does it. Not really. But those guys let up too. You know, Georgia rotates in different guys. So I don't, I don't think you can maintain that same level of physicality and intensity that you had throughout the entire game. But I don't really think that Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson all of a sudden had a huge drop-off in the second half. 
I think Boston College was grabbing those guys because they didn't really have much of another plan, and they were chipping them too, and there were some other things. I will give credit to uh, um, you know to Fuller for moving those dudes around some. I saw them put Kier Thomas on the inside quite a bit in the pass rush situations, um, but you know, I mean, come on, like that's uh, that's a little that's a little suspect to me that that you have a D line that's dominating that much, and all of a sudden you don't get any holding calls in the second half against Boston College. So. BC just all of a sudden managed to do that. Mm, I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little skeptical. The pass interference call against Jordan Wilson, obviously on offense that would have had a issue inside the 15. Look, it's not pass interference. It's very understandable how the ref could have called that, obviously, uh, because the guy does you know, fall down right as Jordan is is making making his move. Um, but I don't even think that guy is trying to cover Jordan. I think he's trying to go over and cover. The flat, to be honest, and those guys just kind of bump. That was that was a little bit silly to me uh, that they that they called that. I don't know. There are a couple more, I'm sure. Um, anyway, you got the win. I don't know that I would expect Mike Norvell to come out and blast the refs here in the press conference because you did get the win. If you lost, maybe he comes and takes the fine. I would still send plays into the league office for sure. All right, so you go into the half, it's 19-3. You feel pretty good. You're a team that can run the football fairly effectively. Got to like that, right? And uh, ultimately, just not able not able to get that thing home. Um, well, I mean, you got home, but like it, it, it was very, you know, very suspect feeling there for a while. Um, the numbers were okay. In the second half, to be honest, like they weren't horrendous. You, you went for five yards of play. Boston College went for 5.6. You know, it just felt like you kept shooting yourself in the foot a little bit on offense. You had only 134 total yards. Boston College had 223. Boston College did have to fight for it on most of the plays, right? If issue, they, would they score twice there? I think on, on fourth down. Um, the one play, the guy might've been down if they had a different camera angle, by the way, like it wasn't like you just gave up a, a walk-in touchdown there, but FSU was not really able to, uh, to get, uh, you know, to get Boston college off the field there on third down five of seven for BC in the second half, one of five for FSU. So FSU was not able to stay on the field very well. Just a couple near misses. I, I thought Boston college started covering down a little bit more. Uh, you got the ball there that. I don't know if McLean loses in the sun or or, or quits running or or whatever, um, but certainly you know a little bit uh, a little disappointing there for sure. <clears throat> so anyway, maybe next year if this team is better, you know they they, they can dominate like that. Let's go ahead and look at some of the the more advanced stats here now that they're populating on my screen. Um, FSU on the day, much much more consistent team. 42% offensive success rate. Uh, Boston College only a 27% offensive success rate. Boston College did hit the explosive plays. That is like the one thing, you know, that we saw in the preview when Ingram and I did it. Uh, by the way, both of us were wrong about how many points you need to win this game. <clears throat> um, but, you know, ultimately a pretty solid, um, pretty solid effort there defensively. Offensively, 14 for 262. 
you're you're going to take that for sure. FSU with a higher leverage rate, higher field position. Um, the penalties though were it was just really tough, especially some of those penalties on, on fourth down on offense. I mean, Norvell is is playing it right. He's going for it, and then you get just a a really brutal, you know, really brutal fourth down call there. Um, FSU should have found a way to score 30 or 35 in this game. I, I, I really believe that. With Washington, uh, I I was texting with somebody, and I thought, eh, he does look like he's kind of lined up there in the backfield. You know? Um, the announcer said maybe they didn't give a warning. My guess is that he got, he used a warning, you know. He probably used a warning earlier in the game. He most likely used a warning there in the in, in the second half when they obviously called him on it, and then you know uh, at offsetting, and then on the next play. That's probably not a sloppy thing. My guess is that he is like feeling it. We know he's very rarely a hundred percent this year, and he went down late in this game with an injury again. Um, Maybe he's he's you know setting back like that so he can cheat off the line of scrimmage a little bit. That's something that, that's pretty common. You usually don't see offensive linemen sitting back that far if they're feeling good about themselves and feeling good about their ability to pass block. BC did a better job rushing the passer in the second half for sure. Um, could they run Jordan Moore? I possibly sure. I, th- I thought BC though was trying to take away Jordan. Jordan had a couple runs that were just almost gone you know it, like if he makes one guy miss that's uh that's pretty big let's go ahead and look at some other numbers here real quick jordan travis on the day 19 of 33 for 236 two touchdowns a 42 percent success rate passing the ball i think you'll take that every single time uh, this number kind of shocked me do you guys know how many passes phil Dracovic completed here Ten for 148 yards on 24 attempts. Like by any measure, that's really, really good. 24% success rate. So, you know, almost every time he dropped back, he had a, or excuse me, every time he actually got the ball away, he either had like, like a positive play or some kind of negative, you know, play avoidance. Uh, but only ten completions there is is pretty remarkable. Uh, and you only give up one pass play. I think I'm trying to remember here. I know you had the you had the one bomb. Okay, no, you had two. You had the one the one bomb, two out of flowers, and then you had the one that was short, and uh, you know he juked some guys out and he ran for it. Other than that, pretty good job of explosive play avoidance. Yes, Boston College did score in the red zone more often than not. Um, however, that was kind of one of the goals, right? Make make BC earn it. Don't give him the bomb over the top with a guy who's almost certainly going to play in the NFL. I thought one thing Jakovic did well was sort of like sack avoidance there, especially in the second half struggle, like, like fighting, not going down. They slammed the hell out of that dude early in that game. And just, I mean, credit to him. He kept fighting, you know, it would be easy for him, easy for him to tap out. And he didn't. Um, he saved BC a lot of yards on plays that you almost could say are like in the grasp, right? So I was pretty pretty impressed by that. You see, I thought I thought Dan, um, not Daniel. See, I thought Wilson played 
fairly well in the game. Let me uh, um, pull up some other notes here. I was taking. Yeah, the bad PI call, obviously. Um, I, I thought the receiver blocking, though, was was really big. BC had better intensity, I thought, in the second half. They clearly switched some things up. It, when you're watching a game like this, it's not super realistic to think that FSU, a three-point underdog, is all of a sudden going to be able to just blow this team out and that Boston College, which doesn't really have a reputation for quitting, um, will just all of a sudden lay down and, and not fight and not make adjustments. If you're up that big, you're probably the one who has the adjustments coming against you. Does that make sense? Like, it's unlikely that you have extra counters built in that all of a sudden you're going to be able to drop and, and win the game, you know, 45 to three, unless you're just a superior physical football team. Um, now, if receivers can catch the ball, that would that would probably help a little a little bit, right? You had some crucial drops there. I think Parchment had, what, two drops. I know Williamson had a drop, I think. Was that Williamson had, had the drop there on the near sideline on, on the Travis rollout pass? on the second to last uh, series of the game. I think it was. But Cam McDonald, nice day. when targeted. Um, threw the ball to the backs really well. How about McLean going up there and mossing that dude? That was huge. Let's see here. Um, and Trayshawn Ward. Awesome. That was, that was pretty impressive. You know, going to get, going to get this win is big, right? It it really is. You force BC to get you know two touchdowns on fourth and goal it means you're, you're you're fighting, you're you're competing. The team is is growing. You know it's it's still a long way off from being a good team, but it, it, it's a team you, you feel like you can root for. Um, frustratingly so at times, certainly, but pretty impressive on, on the day. Um, I don't know, guys. I, I just don't think the receivers have a lot of talent. That's why we talk a lot about needing to to improve the talent. In that receiver room, um, you know, another player was pretty big in this game. That safety, right before the half, that was that was pretty damn big. All right, so let's see here. Oh, the the end, end of game situation I thought was managed really pretty well. So you ran two plays that were really pretty strung out, which you know took. The 40-second play clock, we get the timeout. Next one, again, took a long time, you know. So that was uh, that was pretty impressive there. All right. Cool. Sorry, I just had to clean up the chat real quick. Um, but then realizing the situation you had, that you could go ahead and run out the clock and never have to punt the ball, that's pretty big, guys. That is something that is very valuable. Not having to punt the football away is is huge. So Mike sees it. They call the timeout, right? And then they let the play clock run out. It's big. All you got to do is run off a couple more seconds. Like that's just that's key coaching. You know, they, they went for fourth downs a couple times, or at least they tried to. A lot of times they got nullified by penalty, but it, it is good to see Norvell doing a lot of the little things to help the team. Now, the one thing that was, was not very encouraging, I thought, was some of the timeout stuff. However, on fourth down and goal, I think you can pretty well agree that using the timeout when you only have 
10 players on the field is a worthwhile endeavor, right? I would do it clearly. Like if I was a head coach, yes. If I only had 10 players on defense, I'm going to call the timeout. And then I'm going to yell at my staff for only having 10 guys on defense like Mike did. The other timeout, yeah. I mean, you, you can argue you should have kept that in your pocket. Uh, they didn't get the play in on, on fourth down in a timely fashion. I, In the back of my mind, I was wondering if, if that was one of those things where um, you know, maybe they thought BC would kind of maybe think they weren't going to snap the ball, you know. But ultimately, I don't think that's what they were trying to do. And, and they, you know, they they let too much time run off the clock. What else didn't go over here? My notes. Oh, Deloach. I don't know how I didn't mention Deloach yet. Deloach was killing it. From taking on blocks to open field tackling to some pretty quality pass coverage. Yes, you know, he, he gets burned there the one time by Flowers. But, guys, I mean, it's it's Flowers. He's the best receiver on the field for either team. And you did limit him to 92 on three catches for the day on six targets. So that's pretty good. Uh, I thought Deloach was really physical. Lovney made a couple downfield plays, obviously, or not downfield, but downhill plays, rather. Definitely not, not downhill plays. Um, and maybe this game is is different if 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 Jamie doesn't get ejected because he is kind of the quarterback of that defense on the back end. Him moving to safety has given you some stability on the season. He's a pretty good tackler for you. Uh, so you had to put Gant in and some other guys in. I know McClellan's playing in there some. You know, that's uh, – it's a good win for you guys. Not, nothing fluky about it. And that's two wins in a row. Nothing fluky. 5.6 yards of play to 4.2. I mean, pretty happy with how this defense is playing down the stretch of this year right now. Last couple games have been good. All right. So, um, let me see here. Other stuff I need to get to. Oh, special teams. Good God. Didn't we talk about it in this podcast? Hey, Boston College routinely, routinely fails to kick the ball into the end zone. Uh, what am I drinking? I am drinking a Waterloo. Um, it's a sparkling water. Um, look, man, letting that kickoff drop, special teams penalty, although I think it was kind of ticky-tack, allowed a huge kickoff return. Just terrible special teams. What in the hell? Like, I, I, I don't get it, man. These guys don't. Uh, they don't seem to like. They don't play well. You know, I know they were, they were pushed into the fair catch, but it's it's an obvious fair catch situation. You know, I don't get it. I will say the one thing the special teams did extremely well today, and much better than Boston College is the actual punt coverage unit, with the exception of the penalty, was really good. Boston College got pinned at its own – let me pull this up here because I did have this in my notes as well. So following a punt, Boston College was pinned at their 1, their 10, their 4, and their 11. That is a hell of a good job punting the ball overall. Kickoff team, kickoff return team, what, what, what are we doing? That's uh, – that's just not good enough. But punt team overall, 
Really, really nice job. I, I, I should note that. So not all the special teams were terrible. Only some of the special teams were terrible. They were all kind of frustrating at, at different times, clearly. Anyway, guys, it's a conference road win with the team that's fighting for its bowl life. I, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of room to complain. You fought the whole time. Sometimes they played better than you did. Sometimes you played better than they did. Ultimately, though, you went out. You were fired up. You set the tone physically early in the game. You were much more physical than they were. I thought that was that was pretty damn key in this ball game. You know, didn't do a lot of dumb stuff as far as like bad field goal decisions or like you know bad fourth down stuff. Didn't have silly punts. Uh, managed the game pretty well. No turnovers. That's pretty huge. Yeah, we talked back here, Thomas. He absolutely, absolutely killed it. Uh, you can you can scroll back earlier in the video. Uh, I thought that uh, I thought the officiating was was pretty poor. We gave a lot of love to uh, to Deloach. You know, I don't know. I want to go back and watch this a little more because You really didn't run the ball all that well the last two games compared to how I thought you probably would. You know, it may kind of feel like that, like that, like you thought the run game would take over in the second half of the last two games, and it just hasn't. It's not really for lack of trying. They're just, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious as to to go back and see what happens, see if I can spot some patterns here this week if I get time. It's kind of funky. It is. Like you would think a team that is is much better running the football than throwing it over the course of this year uh has uh you know would would do better than that running the football, but they they didn't. That's pretty much all I got right now. I want to go back and watch more, you know, of this ball game to see, but pretty impressive. JT is absolutely throwing the ball better for sure. Um that's encouraging. That's two games in a row where, where he's played pretty well, right? Got to got to be encouraged by that. Looking at everything else that really sticks out to me. You know, BC running the ball fifty-one times for one seventy. I'll take it. You want you want to run the ball fifty-one times in a college football game? Cool. Now maybe teams are doing it because they're really scared of this pass rush. That's possible, but it's just not very efficient, man. 170 on 51. Now you take out some of the sack yardage. FSU definitely had quite a bit of that. Um, four sacks for, I think, 14 yards lost. I mean, that's still not great. That's what, 47 for 184? That's fine. Good job. Let you have it. Cool. Um that's pretty much all I got for right now. We will come back and discuss more, likely on Monday night, maybe on Sunday night, depending on what Ingram's schedule is. He said he's feeling a little bit better too, which is great news. So getting both of us back in the saddle and feeling better. FSU on a nice two-game win streak here. Uh, Miami hold, holding a ridiculous event uh, where they have proposed an unlimited budget for, for football. You know, that's uh, that's pretty cool there. Good luck with that. Um, I'll see you guys next time. Take care, y'all. Make sure you thumbs up the video. 
share it with your friends. And we really appreciate y'all support all throughout the year.